Pop through. You should have hit me up. I could have given you some uh, some advice. I, I mean, I felt like it wasn't that big of a deal. It's just, <clears throat> but like, the, if I still couldn't talk yesterday, I would have let y'all know, like, hey, what y'all think. But I was able to talk. You, you need that voice rest. The what? Voice rest. Voice rest. Voice rest and voice hygiene. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't, even, I don't know what that is. What is voice hygiene? What is? It sounds like some. You drinking lots of water, avoiding like diuretics, anything that's going to like dry out the uh, larynx. You could have just said Hot tea. Hey, you need to drink more water. I mean, but then I had to go through that whole voice rest. I mean, that's that's a lot to go through. I mean, through. I kind of got, got what you're saying. You know, take care of yourself. <laughs> take care of your voice. Yeah. Don't whisper. Don't shout. Try don't to minimize. Whisper? Don't whisper. Yeah, it puts as much strain on the voice as shouting. You know, almost. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So don't whisper. That's don't shout. You just want to, you know, minimize how often you use your voice. Wait, whispering uses your voice just as much Whispering, as you're contracting your vocal cord muscles, so you're putting a lot of strain on your voice. So you don't want, don't want to whisper. So you want to talk You regular. don't want to shout. <laughs> you just want to minimize it makes sense. the amount of your voice use. It makes sense. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Something about that. Protect your vocals. Right. I mean, I get it. Hey, you're a professional voice user right now. Right. So, so you got So now you got to take care of yourself. Even stable tone. So you're saying that if I just whispered all day, that like my voice that would be just as sore as if I whisper right day. now. I am whispering right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how I tell my patients, like your eyes are the most comfortable when they're looking at things at a distance. So when you're looking at something up close, you're putting strain on your eyes. Yeah, but that's not the same. It is. I exactly mean, it's kind of similar. Because I'm because you would think something you, you would think seeing something up close is easier for your eyes to see. When in reality, your eyes are more comfortable when looking at things far. That's their relaxed state, which is why when people get older and they start having problems with their eyes, they can't see things up close because now their muscles are fatigued out. So they need reading glasses. Yeah, but that's not analogous to me. Like, so he's saying that, like, if you whisper, yeah, you're using just as much of your. Well, how most people whisper. I mean, there's ways you can kind of use your, you know, your voice where you're not necessarily using certain muscles. Like a lot of people come in because they just forgot or are not using their voice properly and they're like overcompensating mm. using the incorrect muscles like we actually have a structure called the false vocal cords as opposed mm. to the true vocal cords all right yeah so the the moral of the story is talk regular no, i mean you can no, you can like you can project you can like increase your volume i'm talking about i'm speaking more to when your voice is hoarse or you feel mm. like your voice is going out like if you got laryngitis or you just you know put been shouting all night you know so. yeah but it, all right so if i go to a concert though like i can scream at a concert for an hour and be hoarse if i whisper just for a straight hour are you going to say i mean are you saying that i'd still be just as hoarse as if i screamed potentially hmm. how many people whisper for an hour yeah I'm people sure. ain't That's... really gonna do that though yeah unless you like the yin yang twins right <laughs> whisper song <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, after they concert, they be like, man, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I can't even talk no more. All we doing is whistle song. Have you ever seen that movie Silent Place? Is it called Silent Place? Where like, you have oh, yeah, to be yeah, extremely yeah. silent. With, uh, with the old boy from uh, The Office? Yeah, 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 yeah. Old boy from What's The it Office. Called? <laughs> I don't know his name. Shoot. It's called Silent Place, I think. Silent Place. The Silent Place. I think it's, it's, it's Silent, silent Place. place? Yeah, think if it's it ain't, we're both wrong, yeah, but we know yeah, what we're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's there's a part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Is it on Netflix? Uh, it, it was an actual be. movie, movie, but yeah. it might be on Netflix. The Silent Place sounds pretty good. It is pretty good. Like I thought. It was I mean, the good. gist of it is there's some 
evil, I'm not say evil, but some kind of creatures. Some kind of alien creatures. <clears throat> yeah. That comes down and they attack you when they hear noise. So everybody, it's alive. Almost like Walking Dead, but you have to be quiet the whole time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because the moment that they hear anything. So why would you talk? You don't talk. Well, you, don't. you try not to. You try not to, yeah. But so the then, problem is they had a baby. Yeah. So that was I mean, they're humans, so, you know, naturally you want to talk. Yeah. Talk to your family members and things, but. but yeah, but they learned learn how, how to, to sign. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, know, they did. Over time. Yeah, they, they did. Learn, well, yeah, like they learned how to. Yeah. That sounds like a terrible movie. No, oh, no, it's, it's really good. I ain't gonna lie, the more that we talk about it, it doesn't really sound that good, but. It doesn't sound that good, but yeah. it is really good. But it was good. a good movie. Yeah. Hey, check it out. The Silent I think we're saying the wrong title. I thought it was Silent Place. I don't know. It might be. Was this a movie with Sandra Bullock? No, no, no. no. That's Bird Box. <coughs> Bird and that's, Box, but okay. you can't see it. I never saw that movie. Yeah. Oh, that movie was good too. I was. I, I, I right. purposely didn't see that movie because everybody on Facebook was talking about how you need to see Bird Box, and yeah. I'm like, I'm going against the the machine. <laughs> I refuse to watch that damn movie because y'all all telling me to watch that damn place. movie. It's a quiet place. There you go. Yeah, quiet. That's why I knew Silent Place didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quiet place. Yeah. I said, God, give me a warning. Please take me for the morning. So I leave more disappointments than I ever will appointments. Give a fuck about your feelings. Rub it in. This your ointment can't depend on the oink. Find your pick in the blank. You find a stick through your anus. Give a rim for your statement. Welcome to First and 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two time FFPC champion AB. Alongside him is my guy, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to jump right in and talk about a topic that kind of had our group chat. Going crazy, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills for a second. Now, we all know how last season ended, playoff loss, home playoff loss, uh, to, the, to the Cincinnati Bengals, 27-10. We all saw, you know, Stefan Diggs go crazy on the sideline. Listen, I want to ask a simple question because I looked at an interview that was two weeks after the game on the Dan Patrick show. Mm-hmm. And Dan Patrick was asking Stefan Diggs about the incident, about, hey, hmm. I understand that, that you were upset. And most receivers, even diva receivers, two weeks after the game, says, listen, these are emotions. You know, you know, it's in the height of the game. I'm a competitor. Stefan didn't say that. Like, he said, hey, like, we had a game plan and we moved away from our success or things that made us successful after week nine. He pointed out week nine. And then he said that, hey, like, this is why we were not successful in that game. And I was frustrated. Well, looking back, um, it was it was just a it was just a, you know, that season that kind of like shook out the way it did. I feel like the first nine weeks we had a we had kind of like a formula, like a recipe for winning. And uh, we kind of got away from it on the back end. You know what I'm saying? We, we were we were creating creating ways to win. But it just how we were winning wasn't as smooth as the first nine weeks. Yeah. So, uh, and I kind of attested that just throughout the season, you know, we had a lot of ups and downs and um, individually just trying to keep them things, keep things tied together. It's just, it was just some crucial moments in the, in the year that uh, like late in the, late in this, late in the season, you know, late in the fourth quarter, it was opportunities and we didn't take advantage of. So I feel like, um, like that last, that last, uh, I guess, series or that last play when you saw frustration it wasn't necessarily just that play but those moments built up to it like culmination it's exactly it's it's and for me it was uh up to this point like we've seen 
quarterback and receivers as far as like tandems and guys who play at a high level and every quarterback has their guy, you know, in those moments, like you, you are the guy, you know what I'm saying? And up to this point, I've been the guy uh, for my team and uh, for my quarterback. So in those moments, of course, I want the ball, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm never going to apologize for that. I, I show you a, a good loser, I show you a loser, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. at the end of the day, um, like in that moment, uh, it was fourth and whatever, of course, I was one-on-one on the backside and I wanted to put us in a position to win. So, um, you know, I'll never apologize for passion because we So not only did he not apologize or, you know, try to make some excuse about the sideline antics, but then he kind of explained that, hey, like, we moved away from what made us successful and explained why he was upset at Josh Allen, which lets me know that he was really upset at Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think that this is cause for concern or is it just a nothing burger? I mean, I literally uh, was laughing when I – when <laughs> this ended the group chat, mm -hmm. uh, like I get it. Uh, I mean, it's the off season, you know, so these stories are gonna like, uh, you know, definitely be the highlights of uh, a number of different shows and topics. Uh, it's gonna like, you know, uh, be something that's gonna be all over Twitter. But to me, you know, a couple different things. Uh, so I'll approach it from like a fantasy standpoint. To me, like, there's really no impact uh, when it comes to fantasy because number one, he's a wide receiver. You can call him a diva wide receiver. I think that, you know, word is a bit antiquated. Yeah. Uh, but you can say he's a diva wide receiver, but he showed up. Okay, he didn't practice initially, but mm -hmm. he showed up and then he practiced. Yeah. And then, you know, the coach initially said that, um, you know, that there was an issue and he was concerned that Steph Diggs was not there. Mm -hmm. Then after he showed up and practiced, the coach said, basically, we're all good. You know, mm -hmm. not verbatim, but... To that, to, that, to that degree, that we're all good now. Then you had Josh Allen come out and, you know, do what a, you know, a franchise quarterback should do and try to squash the situation. But he came in and he basically said, Steph Diggs is our guy. We can't win without Steph Diggs. And that's just not talk. They literally cannot win with Steph Diggs. There's no other wide receiver on that team that's a legit wide receiver one, you know. So for me, they need Steph Diggs. Steph Diggs needs them. Steph Diggs is under contract. And just kind of get into, like, the non-fantasy aspect of it. Like, why are we getting upset or why would anybody get upset or, like, kind of talk down or in a negative way that the guy was upset that they lost, okay? You can say that maybe he was selfish, but the guy was mad that they lost. Uh, you know? He was more than mad that they lost. He was mad at a particular guy considering that they lost. Who was he mad well, at? He was mad at Josh Allen. Oh, really? So I'm sure, yeah, like you know, I, I wasn't in the building, I wasn't in the room. I don't, I don't necessarily know. He may have been mad at Josh Allen or whoever put up the game plan, you know, from week nine on. But basically, if he, if his thing is like, look, we got away from this, we tried it, and it resulted in loss or resulted in us not playing as well as we should play. Like for me, like I'm taking that as like the guy is passionate. Okay, the guy has a lot of emotions, and I passionate. like my, I like my players emotional. Because that, emotion. that, that emotion usually translates <clears throat> to the field. As long as it doesn't lead to poor play on the field, I don't mind. It's the, it's, it's the offseason. We're in, what, May? Like, none of this is going to carry over. They've got so many veteran players in this locker room that these guys are, like, looking at this and laughing that this is even a story from their end, in my opinion. So, well, then how do you explain, though, and Dio, like, talk about this for a second. If you don't believe that that is spilled over, how do you explain Sean McDermott saying that, saying that Diggs didn't report for camp 
when they knew that he was in the building and his agent having to correct him and then them having to walk it back. It seems like some of that is kind of spilling over and some guys are still upset at Steph Diggs and that it's going to go into this season. Like, would you just overlook that? I mean, I mean, you know how I feel. <clears throat> There's something going on in Buffalo. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a lot of smoke, a lot. And it's not just Diggs. It's not just Josh Allen. It's, it's really the whole team, front office, everybody. Um, <clears throat> and this is just kind of just stepping away from the fantasy view of it all. Um, th- that loss to the, the Bengals last year, <clears throat> just hearing you talk about it, and it just more solidifies in my mind, they took that very, very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went into the season as the potential Super Bowl favorites. Yep. Even going into the playoffs, didn't they have the number one seed? Or I think they lost the number one seed to the Chiefs because of the, the whole um, um, Hamlin thing yeah. that happened. But leading into that, people still viewed them as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. So you, you could just kind of in, you know imagine how that locker room was throughout the whole year you know, we have this goal, it's, it's almost Super Bowl and, or bust, and they don't even get to the AFC Championship. Like, yeah. they don't even get to the game prior to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And we saw how everything unfolded during the game. We saw Stephon Diggs getting mad on the sideline, like you were saying. I mean, that that's a thing, you know, and it's not something I think we should just totally just ignore. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of that stuff in the locker room, if, if chemistry's not there or, or if emotions are high, I think it can affect the, the play on the field. Now, like Abby said, we are right now in June. So, you know, we're a long way from season, I mean, from week one. We're a long way from even, you know, the, the grind of the actual in-season time period. So this all might be nothing, but, you know, it can also be the beginning of something bigger, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and again, just kind of taking the fantasy aspect of it, um, not only did the stuff happen with the game, but, you know, the whole Leslie Frazier thing I was hearing about, yep. you know, they said he – you know, kind of left the team for whatever reason on his own merit. Mm-hmm. Um, reports came out recently that he is actually relieved of his duties. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, at, uh, prior to that, he was actually interviewing for head coaching jobs. Um, he didn't get any, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think a, a guy that doesn't get a head coaching job, but a, a hot head coaching candidate would just go right back to where he came from. Right. Like right. literally every other coach does. Mm-hmm. But, that I mean, didn't happen with the, him, you I know? Mean, they've been exposed multiple times now, though, in the playoffs by these elite teams. Right, so, okay, so, okay, I think, so. You know, so to me, like, these are like all different separate, like, No, 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 incidents. okay, so hear what you're saying. They were exposed, and, and if that's the reason, I get it, but that's not what the narrative that was put out. Right. The initial narrative that was put out was he left on his own merit. Now, if they did relieve him as, of his duties or fire him, that's fine, but they didn't say that. I don't you know, know what, but I don't know what that has to do with like how like if Buffalo sucks this year is because they just suck. Like Buffalo's gonna make the playoffs, okay? Uh, I don't think that they're a Super Bowl team right now. Even if everything was completely just like you know kosher and on the up and up, like the team is who their team is. They're trying to get better. They brought in some acquisitions on the right, defense. but I'm not talking about what the team is going to do this season. I'm talking about what unfolded. You know, I'm talking about how everything has gone up to this point. So, again, the Mm -hmm. Leslie Frazier thing is a thing. I don't think we totally ignore. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go back to what you are saying as far as the digs and practice. So, digs did show up prior to minicamp. Mm -hmm. He did his medicals. He was there. Everybody assumed he was going to show up at practice, Um, which is what kind of made that conflict in reports where the agent was like he was there, the team was like he wasn't there. Come the first day of minicamp, he didn't show. Right, you know? right. Um, again, the day before he was there, so they knew he was in town, but he wasn't there. And then that was a day where everybody made a big deal out of it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, Diggs didn't show up to practice. It was affecting his ADP. I saw him some drafts. Um, everybody was getting interviewed. And, you know, the coach was saying, like what Abby was saying, I'm concerned, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Honestly, stuff like that, I don't really read too much into that. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't really read too much of anybody when they make their comments. Coaches, okay. players, because I feel like there's no incentive for a coach or a player to give the the outside world all the information, all the tea. You know, right. so I don't really see a benefit. So I kind of ignore that. I kind of look more at the actions, right? So mm-hmm. he didn't show up that first day. Second day, he did show up, and mm-hmm. everybody was like, "Dick showed up to practice. Everything's all good, great." But if you really look at how he practiced, he didn't do any team drills. Mm-hmm. All he did was individual drills, which is really just running routes, catching passes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, so he really didn't have. He a- did dap up Josh Allen though. He did dap up Josh Allen. You that's, know, they, that's, I they, mean, they, they if we concerned their about their interaction, they, they did their concerned about but their he, relationship. But he was never in a huddle with the team. But we see this all. We see this every. We see this every all season. Like last year, Debo was like basically like trading me almost. Right, and that was a so, thing. And then, and then it came to a head, and they paid him. And they paid something him. happened. Now we know this is not a financial thing. Diggs just right. got paid last year. You and know, Diggs and Josh Allen and the coach all say that they're all good now. So okay, so now the next day. Mm-hmm. They have a mandatory day three mini camp, and they just cancel it. Right. They, they now, and we were going through this in the group chat. You know, we brought up the fact that the Patriots did the same thing, but the big major difference in the Patriots is they still were together as a team that day. They Doing went something to go. As they, a team. they did a team activity. They played yeah. paintball. They were all together. They're all accounted for. They felt like they were the good. The Bills literally just said, "We're going to cancel. Everybody go home." Right. They felt That's like it. they were good. They you know. Like they so, were good. so those three days. <laughs> They those, literally, that's what they said. They like they were good. Those three days, Diggs never practiced with the team. Right. You know, um, there's still a lot of just smoke coming out from, from that. Uh, just reports we're getting. I mean, you saw it on Pro Football Talk. You saw it on all these, you know, tweets, everything. Everybody's talking about something that's going on about. with the build. So, again, when there's smoke, I'm not going to say there is fire, but there's smoke. I'll tell <laughs> okay? you this. I'll tell you this. When that Diggs news came out, I was so mad that I didn't hop into, like, Drafts just to try to take advantage of. No, wait, wait, know, wait, wait, wait. So, his ADP. wait. I didn't. I, so, so, so now let's go on to the fantasy implications of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, from my point of view, Dix is not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see them trading him unless something really, really bad happens. Something behind the curtains that's just so horrible that just both parties just decide it's just best for them to split. But we've I, seen that with Diggs before when he was in Minnesota. We we have. Diggs wanted to get paid. We, Minnesota we did not want to pay Diggs. Oh. So nah, they he tra- tweeted they himself tra- out of Minnesota. Because they did not want to pay him. All right, but still, like when he gets disgruntled. I'm not even sure if it was a payment. I think he was just unhappy. That, well, he was unhappy with the uh, offense as well. I, I think and they, rightfully I didn't so. like, and I, now I, I think he didn't like so. the fact that he was getting coach. as much work he was getting at that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so whatever. I mean, but that's bygones, right? As far as now, I don't see them getting rid of Diggs. Diggs is going to be mm-hmm. there, right? Uh, I don't see them really getting rid of any players. The, the team is going to be what the team is. What I do feel like the issue is going to be is just the chemistry. I, yeah. I just feel like I mean, that's I, just. I, I feel like the, the team is just going to not play comfortable anymore, almost play everybody with pins and needles. Yeah. If Diggs is really unhappy with the offense, I, I could easily see the team, you know, just bending the back saying, okay, Diggs, let's now game plan specifically for Diggs. Yeah. And that's not natural. You know, you're, you're, you're basically, you're, you're giving in to a player's wants and not really focusing on what's best for the team. Now, Diggs, I don't, Chris, you said that after week nine they changed their offense. Well, that's what he said. He said that – they seem to move away what made them successful. In okay, so life. from a coaching staff, mm-hmm. there has to be a reason they decide to do that. Right. I don't understand the reason. We probably don't understand the reason. Diggs probably doesn't really understand the reason. Mm-hmm. But we but, saw the results. But from Their them, offense did look like it struggled. But from them, they felt like that was in the best interest of the team. So 
if we now say, okay, now Diggs is complaining, are they going to say, oh, Diggs is complaining, let's revert back to what we were prior to week nine? Or are they going to say, let's keep doing what we feel like is best for our team to do, what we think is going to be successful, regardless of what Diggs believes? Remember, what are those Diggs two things aligned? What are those two things aligned? What are those two things are the same thing? What if what two things are the same thing? What Diggs wants and what's best for the team. But, but I mean, we can say what if, but what we know is what we know nine, is they lost. No, what I'm saying is what we know is from week nine they did divert. Mm-hmm. What Diggs wanted and what the team thought was was best for them was not the same. Now we can assume or we can hope that it changes leading up to week one, but we don't know. Diggs is still upset right now, theoretically, right? He's still mm-hmm. upset right now. So that means from the playoff game up to. June 21st, whatever date it is, they still didn't rectify that specific issue. Right. You know, so, so again, we're still months away from the season. Plenty can change. The fact that it's a dialogue right now. I feel like it. it. it something most likely is going to change. But I'm not going to ignore what's going on in Buffalo. It's a thing there. To, and it, some resolution has to occur, yeah. whether it's. You know, one end, the departure, or it's a kumbaya moment. But something that it can't be status quo yeah. leading into week one. The biggest mm-hmm. distinction about this being a something and something to, like, pay attention to or this being a nothing for mm-hmm. me personally is does it affect how I draft? Or if I were a betting person, does it affect how I bet? And this literally has zero impact on it. Hmm. That's, why, that's why it's a nothing burger for me. We could sp- I mean, there's so many different so, stories that come out. So, so if, I like, if I take in all these stories – but it does not affect like where I have Diggs ranked or how I'm going to draft, then to me, it's a nothing burger. Like, so, I, I, so my response to that is, again, if Diggs is still upset right now. We don't know that he's upset. They, everybody, I, they, I just, they, just, they just said, said that if, they were good. I just said if. I, I gave it a uh, qualifier. If Diggs is still upset right now, I can only assume that from his point of view, the offense still is what it was post-week nine, right? Because if the offense was – kind of the way he wanted, I don't see why he would be upset. Again, it's not a money issue. Mm-hmm. Everything we're hearing about is the offense issue. Mm-hmm. So if the offense is still not what Diggs desires and we look at how Diggs' output was or performance was after, quote-unquote, week nine, if they decide to keep that same offense, in my mind, Diggs' value depresses a little bit. How? Now, I'm not saying... Well, he, he literally came in and said... And it's not like he didn't produce from week nine on. He actually produced pretty well. So even if the offense diverted a little bit from what he wanted, he still produced pretty damn well. Right. But I, is to it, me, this it, is just. But, but, did it, but did it have a dip in production? You know, or that it, I don't know. That I don't know. So, I don't necessarily so know that there was a major it, it dip. A dip. I mean, we're looking because, at 15 fancy Diggs, points, 24, 15, right, so 21, 22. No, actually, this it doesn't well, seem Chris. like a major dip. I actually, this as well, Chris. Mm-hmm. If we got the digs pre week nine, Mm-hmm. When Diggs was happy with the offense, do you see his ADP being higher than what it is now? Like, do you think people would have drafted? Because right now I think Diggs is going after, uh, obviously, the big two, Chase and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He's probably going after Cup, mm-hmm. uh, going after Hill, right? And then he fits in right around there, CD, A.J. Brown, Diggs. Right. If, we knew, if we knew Diggs was the same Diggs prior to week nine, mm-hmm. would he be going higher than what he is now? If the answer is no, then the flip question would be, if we knew we were getting the digs after week nine, shouldn't that then depress his, his value? But he has to go is, one way or the other in but my this mind. Is a, this is a lot of speculation. Again, the last thing that we heard was that the coach was good, Diggs was good, and Josh Allen was good. 
So for me to like you then go that, and say, that, okay, that, what if but you heard Diggs that is not good? Comments. Like that, that, but I also heard a lot. I've heard a BS, lot of this stuff from comments. People can BS all of that stuff all the time. We've heard a lot of comments. They can BS that stuff all the time. So, I don't, so I, again, I don't listen to what the coaches point are blank. saying. Right. I'm looking at the action. And what the action is showing me that he is not happy. So are you drafting Diggs later? Is Diggs dropped in your rankings? Yes. Okay, so all that's what we're different. All, every that's every single bill probably I think is that's, dropping mm, for me. I think that's a major mistake. To drop, I think that's just like a major mistake. I mean, if I, if I, if I fade Diggs, who am I taking in his place? There's other receivers that I think are just there, just at the same value. value Gabe Davis is there. going late. I think Gabe Davis is a value. Josh Allen goes yeah, after Mahomes. Me I wasn't a Gabe Davis. We, none of us were on Gabe Davis last year, but when I can get Gabe Davis in the ninth round, yeah, I'm, still I'm, a Gabe Gabe, Davis I'm, a, I'm a Gabe so, Davis So guy. going back to your question about yeah. Diggs, right? When I say I'm fading Diggs, because, again, if I want Diggs, I have to get him likely in the, t- the back end of the first, mm-hmm. very, very tip-top early part of the second, yeah. right? So when I say I'm fading Diggs, I'm basically just saying I'm not going to take him right there. If I'm in the middle of the draft, like say I'm pick six, mm-hmm. and Diggs falls to me in the second round, of course I'm taking Diggs. Right, right, like, yeah. obviously. Yeah. No, but, but what I'm saying is I, I'm not Give me Diggs over Avon Ra, over Devontae Adams. Over Garrett Wilson, yeah, I would pray, over I, I pretty would much take, all those running backs. Give me Diggs. I would, I would take, I would take all those guys over Diggs. Yeah, I think this is like, mm-hmm. oh, for, wow. for this type you of news, all over Diggs? I would take them all for over this Diggs. type of news to affect the whole Buffalo Bills. I think is like ludicrous, to be quite honest. Like no, ludicrous. I, so. I, I, I hope, I hope people share your same sentiment because yeah. I would love to give me some late round digs. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about quarterbacks for a second. All right. I normally don't do this, but I'm going to do this now. I added this topic to the show sheet. I, I still so, don't get it. Coming around. Huh? So, uh, coming around. So, <laughs> hey, if there's not a lot of enthusiasm about this topic, that's why. But I've been looking at Daniel Jones. Hmm. I am coming around a little bit. Listen, 700 yards rushing, seven rushing touchdowns. They've added some weapons to that offense. They brought in Darren Waller. mid weapons. Uh, all right. A bunch of To me, it's still a significant upgrade over what they had. Right. Yeah, because everybody was hurt last year. But this is also the other thing. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. No, this, no, this is no, one thing. no, no. I ain't going to let it. No, play. No, no. <laughs> they added Darren Waller. I think they found something in Isaiah Hodgins, but of course, I might be on the island alone. Listen, Darius Slayton comes back. They get healthier. Saquon. Paris Campbell. They come, put Paris some Campbell. On his name. Put some respect on his name. Stop disrespecting Sterling uh, Shepard. Sterling Shepard looked good in that Shepherd. one clip we saw him in. Yeah. All right. Is it And possible? Wandale. Y'all sleep. First round pick last year. Is he coming off ACL? He's the Stop. highest yeah. draft capital receiver they have on their team. Coming off an ACL. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. Can you imagine a scenario where Daniel Jones is QB1? Like number one overall? Overall. Oh, is that what you meant? I thought you meant like a QB1. No, no, like, no, you mean no, like overall? overall? No, no he, overall. hell no. Come on now. now wh- this is what I so, would say, though. Look, <laughs> this is wait, what wait, I would wait, say. Wait, 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 wait. So last season, he only had 15 touchdowns, 15 passing touchdowns with five interceptions. You don't yeah. see an uptick increasing his rushing capability? No, no. So, so a couple different things. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you on Daniel Jones as far as like a late round guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you like fake QB, like those are the type of guys I like to go after. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going after, like, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Derek Carrs, you know, uh, even, like, you know, to some degree, even, like, a Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah. those guys will produce, but I want guys who can give me 35 to 40-plus point weeks, you know, yeah. who can just drop that hammer. Yeah. And usually those guys, like, you know, require a little bit of rushing. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually think his rushing potentially regresses a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. 
Like, he had some just, like, wide – now, I won't say wide open lanes, but he just had some, like, very, very long runs. Seven touchdowns is a lot to ask. I don't think I can – I don't think I can necessarily foresee that happening or like really project that. So? No, no. So in my mind, I just had that as a regression, but I do see positive regression in the passing game mm-hmm. from because just already like the weapons, like Darren Wall, if he can stay healthy, I think that's a significant, uh, you yeah. know, uh, uh, addition to that uh, offense. Paris Campbell, I love with you know adding to this offense, mm-hmm. and then you got just you got a lot of guys who I think can just produce. We'll see what happens with Wandale. We'll see what happens with Sterling Shepard. You mentioned Isaiah Hodgins. Um, so it's not the greatest wide receiving corp in the world. Even mm-hmm. Darius Slayton, you know Darius Slayton, he's had some rapport with them, you know, for a deep threat. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing to me, this is the biggest thing, mm-hmm. is that this is year two in the offense. Yeah. So when you, you know, and every year for Daniel Jones has just been a new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. And we were all excited for Dayball last year, and mm-hmm. it came to fruition. Yep. Like, you know, I banged the drum for Daniel Jones last year. You did. Even you though did. you didn't want to. I didn't. And I think he finished his, like, uh, top eight QB. I think nine. He was, uh, nine. Nine, nine yeah. according to FFPC's yeah. scoring ranking. Yeah, so like 320-plus uh, points. Mm-hmm. Uh so, and there was some down weeks, but there was also those spike weeks, and that's really what I like, uh, especially, like, when total points matters. But I think his second year in the offense is something that could really, you know, open up that passing game. I think you do need, ideally, Saquon back there. Yeah. Or they would have to bring in someone if Saquon, like, didn't show up. But the second year in the offense, and just kind of go back to when he was with Buffalo. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is Josh Allen, okay, but he can be Josh Allen – Josh Allen like you know yeah. we saw Josh Allen struggle his first year and then that second year kind of really take off mm-hmm. so I really see that there I would love to see D Hop on that team I think that that oh, would be yeah. like the yeah. the nail in the coffin as far as like me just like really being all in on Daniel Jones because right now I, I am kind of acquiring some of these QBs early like if they fall a little bit past ADP but mm-hmm. if I see D Hop go to go to the Giants like I may just you know really just change my strategy and be looking at like mm-hmm. draft. Daniel Jones late, so and D Hop was in 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 New York today, so. Oh man! All right, I'm yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know why y'all even discussing this. I, there's no way I would consider Daniel Jones as being a high end quarterback. Oh, a um, high end at all? Nah. But you don't have to you draft him. As, you're not drafting him as a high end. He goes I'm, he goes fairly late. I'm really? I think he goes at the Tua. Did you he? wouldn't? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm still not. But that's that's because. He put up the, 328 the, uh, fantasy points, I believe, they know. based on FFPC. Since his nose. Yeah. Since based on phony. Remember last he's year. He's a phony. Okay, so remember last year. Oh, come on. Let's talk about last year when I was talking about the Giants and how, like, they were a good team. Good. And both of y'all was like, or maybe it was just Chris, the Giants is not a good team. Yeah, that was Like, Chris. they're phonies, yada, yada, yada. They were phonies. Right? Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they kind of were, but they were still good in the in the scheme, I mean, in the in the landscape. The NFC as a whole wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um. Daniel Jones, let's not forget this guy in the past has thrown a lot of interceptions, man. Like he's but still, he was a rookie though. He's, he hasn't been a rookie with a bad, like but with, with a bad cor- with a bad coordinator. He, the, but I'm just saying he still has that in him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot. I think his stats is inflated a little bit with the Saquon Barkley, you know, what I'm saying threat. Um, Saquon Barkley did get a lot of those receptions for him. Did score a fair amount for him. Did open things up for him because Saquon was a threat. Daniel Jones wasn't a threat to people. Yep. Um, if he decides to run more, I mean, maybe. But, I mean. He has that capability. He has the capability, but. He's had it throughout. It's not, this is not, this not been like a one-year blip. He's, right. he's always been a right? Mm-hmm. So, we've seen that with him. Yeah. And yet, he's never really shown much fantasy production with it. So, 
it, to me, last year was almost a flash in the pan. He really is, though, Josh Allen light. He is. With the same coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really is again, Josh Allen light. He has Last feet. year for me is more of a flash in the pan. I, I, if, he, if he produces this year, then great. But he great. didn't really do much from a passing standpoint. Like, the because flash in the what, pants was like, that's he didn't do I anything from I, don't like, really I can think imagine he, him making it. I don't really think he has the ability to do much in a passing standpoint. I, I don't think he has no, that in him. No. I think his greatest gift is his running. No, I think I think he's an underrated passer. I think you put him in the right system. This no. is two year two. He's mm-hmm. never shown me to be I guarantee a, he's a top a 12 top QB. Notch. I guarantee he's a top You want to I guarantee he's a top 12 QB. I mean, I, I don't like making bets like that cuz what if injuries happen? It's like Lamar Jackson missed hey, pretty much the hey, whole season. Hey, you mean, know, if Lamar that's Jackson part of the bet. That's part of the bet. Anything can happen. I mean, yeah. anything can happen. No, I'm not making no bet like that, but, well, but well, I, 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 I don't injury, see him being yeah. I don't see him being a top quarterback. Like like if if the like he's not a top league winner. Points per he's game. not a league winner. Like last top year was he a league winner? Points per game. Was he a league winner last a year? A lot of quarterbacks weren't league winners last year. But was year. Daniel Jones a league winner? I think so. 328 fantasy points, top eight QB for where you got him. Oh, like, yeah. basically drafting him, like, and I'm not talking about for later where you got him. Also, think about what he did in the playoffs, too. I'm not talking about for where you got him. I'm talking about what if he was your quarterback, was he a Look, league winner? if you played week 17, he put up 37.9 fantasy points. Okay, That's 38 fantasy points. If you, he put up, in week 16, he put up 25 that, points. If you got to that. If you got to that, if you don't get to, is he going to get you to that level? Like you're, you're bringing out these one spike weeks. Yeah, that's cool, but I need multiple spike weeks to get. He's me got to multiple that place. spike weeks. He's got thirty. He got a thirty, a thirty, yes. 20, three 21. thirty points games total. Three, four. I don't see the fourth one. Yeah, you made it. Yeah, so uh, I mean, there it is, the fourth. There it is, right there, the fourth. Okay, scroll down. (laughs) Playoff game, barely, barely cracked thirty. Forty. I mean, if y'all want Daniel Jones, by all means, go after him. But I don't see him as being that game-winning quarterback. Well, I think in best ball, oh yeah, love him in best ball. Of course, best ball, different game. You know, but in redraft, in redraft, I feel like I, you know, and this this kind of comes down to like you just like knowing yourself. So I feel like when it comes to quarterback, I feel like. At least historically, I've been pretty good at like identifying quarterbacks and matchups and who's potentially going to give me like, you know, a spike week. I feel like that's a little bit easier to determine in, in many cases than other positions. So if you feel like you can choose between if you got two or three quarterbacks in your roster and you can choose like who to start on the right weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's a perfect like. Uh, Do y'all think uh, y'all still feel if Saquon wasn't coming back? You said what? No. If Saquon wasn't there, was still, so it's all contingent on Saquon. It's actually, all contingent actually on re, Saquon. rethinking that, I mean, I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't know. I don't know. Because then, then it really does fall on Daniel Jones, his legs and his arms. So in that situation, no, I could I, potentially see it because they won't be able I think to run the ball. Just stop him. I, 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 no, like he I, needs he needs Saquon. He needs Saquon. To but be that's that not threat. saying that. Daniel much, Jones has no, an arm not. and he has a good deep ball. And now you got Paris Campbell. And you got Darius Slayton returning. And you got Darren. Wall. Yes, he does have a good D ball. He throws a good D ball. Okay. He throws. He throws a good D ball. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk y'all off the ledge with Davis. I think Jones that drafting. Yeah. But I think no that aspect of his game opens up this season. All right. Another year with D ball. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I've been banging the Daniel Jones trump. You know, Daniel Jones drum, drum fairly often. I'm on the train. I want to train for this season. I'm on the train. All right. You should have been on last year. I was kind of right last year for the most part. I just see him. He was top. He was top eight. Top nine. nine. Top nine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So this is one that I think you guys have kind of talked about before. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but I know we talked about like these offenses that have one A's and one B's. And so 
it was this idea of can an offense really have a 1A and 1B? Kind of talk about that last year. Right, right. Let's talk about that again. Do you think that Jalen Hurts can produce enough again this season to support two receivers like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Support, yes. I just, I don't mean, I have not been able to draft Devontae Smith in the second round. I just can't do it. Yeah, that's really like I, It's, it's really round, been man. hard. No, he's no, been he's going to the second, second round. round. He's a second round of Mid to late second. Really more mid. Yeah, there's yeah. just too many guys that like just be just knowing that AJ Brown is there. And I don't want to like use the same uh, you know, term that we did last year with like Hill and Water where I said, you know, just Hill was just gonna, you know, uh Debo and Alpha his way to being the number one in that offense. Because Devontae's a damn good wide receiver. Where did Devontae so, finish last year, Chris? Do you know? Uh, let's look it up. So, I look at the Devontae situation as, at some point, I'm going to need to get shares. Because, one, like, anything can happen from a standpoint of somebody going down and him really kind of, like, becoming the number one, specifically A.J. Brown. Two, we know A.J. Brown has a significant history. So, I think if you play, like, multiple, um, you know, if you're a mass or a volume drafter, like, these guys, even if you don't like them, even if you like in your projections don't have them as being like, you know, where they're ranked, you have to have some shares because you just never know what's going to happen. If A.J. Brown goes down like the last four or five weeks of the season, mm-hmm. you can only imagine like what a monster Devontae Smith can be. Hmm. So it's like I can be right in saying that, yes, if A.J. Brown stays healthy, that like he doesn't pay off his second round ADP. Yeah. But then I can be wrong by or be stubborn by saying, like, okay, me not drafting him or at least taking some shares of him and not at least, like, you know, having the uh, or contemplating the, you know, the idea that A.J. Brown or Dallas Goddard, you know, may go down and he may be, you know, take the reins as a wide receiver one and then has overall wide receiver one in his potential, at least like during that, that time that time frame. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to consider those things. So I think just given the talent level, I'm going to have some shares. Ideally, I get them when he, like, kind of falls, ideally to, like, the third round third. if I can get him. Mm-hmm. And then if not, then, like, later in the season, I may, like, pivot and then just try to, like, acquire a few shares. Yeah, so A.J. Brown finished as receiver five with Devontae Smith at nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, five and nine. Do you think that they can repeat that again this Yeah, season? but look at the fantasy point differential, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is also, like, something to consider because I know, like, wide receivers are going off the board. And this is, a, a you know – Man, please, especially for like the non rookies, the veterans, like when you go back, like think about like how these players like produced for you on your team last year. Did you feel comfortable starting them week in and week out? Were they just like, right. you know, set in your lineup and like set it, forget it, like didn't really care? Or were you like just scared and you like playing this kind of game of like, all right, I'll play them this week, I'll sit them on this bench this week, and then like you were just missing the spike weeks and yeah. then starting them on the weeks where he was like not. So you have to consider that. So you said he finished at what? Wide receiver what? Nine. 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 Wide receiver nine gave you 240 fantasy points. Okay? Mm-hmm. To me, that's, eh. Like, Amari Cooper gave you 239 fantasy points. Right. Uh, Mike Evans gave you 225 fantasy points. How, how, how what did you feel about starting him last week, last year? So, injuries play a role. So, to me, like, total fantasy points to me is, like, less of a thing. And really, it's, to me, it's more about, like, points per game. I really want my players, like, if I'm drafting you in the second round, 
I need to I need to be able to have confidence. Be a lock in my lineup, essentially. A lock in my lineup, but have confidence or at least have the upside to give me 300-plus fantasy points. Mm. That's really what I'm looking for, really with my top three picks. Mm-hmm. Can you potentially give me, you know, 300-plus fantasy points? Mm-hmm. You know, but definitely with my second, you know, my second pick. And not everybody's going to be able to do it, but, like, the guys I'm taking in the second round are guys who I feel like, okay, if they stay healthy, they're going to give me 300-plus fantasy points or at least give me points per game to match that. Yeah, yeah. But do you think that Jalen Hurts can do it again and support two and top ten receivers? Conventional thinker would say no, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so difficult to do. To mm-hmm. have two guy, two receivers that that basically are that productive, where they're so far ahead of the field, like they're both top twelve outscoring other teams wide receiver ones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So conventional thinker will say no. Um, and I like to try to stay conventional. Like I think everything always kind of go back goes back to the mean to some extent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if I was drafting, I, I, I guess the best way I could say is if I did decide to draft Devontae Smith, and we could have the same conversation with like your Tyreek Hills and your Jalen Waddles, right? Right. Same type of discussion. But if I was drafting Devontae Smith in round two. I kind of have to tell myself that Devontae Smith then has a better season than A.J. Brown, you know, or he he outproduces A.J. Brown. I I can't draft Devontae Smith with the assumption that both of them are going to go off. A.J. Brown goes in the second round. He goes. Well, he goes in the first second. First, yeah. back in first. Yeah. Well, what's second. his ADP? I feel like his ADP is like no, it's, second it's, round. It's back in first, early okay. second. So, so when I, if I was to draft Devontae, I basically have to. I'm, I'm basically betting okay. that AJ Brown is not going to have a greater season as what people expect, and Devontae is actually going to be the guy. Oh, um, the other and, thing and though fine. too is look at who going. Look who's going after him. So it's not like there's like just this, a bunch of studs that are like going after Devontae Smith. So that's the other thing to consider. That's why I like, yeah. you know, you know. But but let, I mean, think back to even last year. We were drafting Devontae Smith in like the sixth to eighth round, right? He's always been the number two wide receiver there. Like yeah. that didn't change. Yeah. Uh, would you say the offense? I don't think the offense really changed either. I think they were just more productive last year. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people lean on the idea that you know they were dominating in a lot of games last year, so they were just like kind of you know just bleeding out the clock, you know, running the ball fourth quarter, not really passing, you know, maybe this year, uh, you know, we just, you know, they, uh, uh, with, you know, regression in game script, they're having to pass a little bit more. They're in more competitive games. But even if they have to they pass were in the Super Bowl more, last right? year. So their, their, their but, schedule but is more competitive to pass more. It's still so difficult for you to have two wide receivers as top 12 yeah. wide receivers. Like I'm looking at this board right now. Um, and some of these guys have question marks, but there's no way I'm drafting, uh, Devontae Smith over Derrick Henry. I don't care how old he is. If he's a starting running back for the Titans, I will be drafting Derrick Henry well, that's position over Devontae right Smith. There. Some people would yeah. just rather have a receiver there than a running back. Um, well, I mean, but to me, that, but that's the thing is, though. Again, go back and look at, like, how wide receivers produce and how running backs produce. I, I don't think you can just, like, have a blatant statement just like, I just well, want a wide receiver. That's the zero, and then your running back, like, well, scores 80 points. That's the zero running back argument. The zero running back argument is these running backs, they're so, such a fragile position that they can get hurt. Yeah, you but know, if my wide receiver is only putting up 250, like to me, that's a flawed, that's well, again, a flawed logic. Because you're, you're not just, when you draft Derrick Henry, it's not like if he goes down that you're just taking a zero. You'll have somebody back yeah, there. Yeah, but you're not going to have anybody putting up Derrick Henry type numbers. You don't need somebody putting up Derrick Henry type numbers. If you have Derrick Henry for 10 games and then whatever backup or whatever filling you have, that, if that person outscores Devontae Smith, 
then to me that's like the the, the zero wide receiver argument makes no, zero sense. No, it makes or if sense. I back it him makes up sense with, because yeah, you say if you have Derrick Henry for ten weeks, yeah, that's cool. But at the end of the day, when the playoffs come and the tournament comes, yeah, if you don't have Derrick Henry, then then all that stuff is. But irrelevant. you don't know that you're gonna have Devontae Smith then. I mean, or you don't know if Devontae Smith is going to hurt. But the wide receivers don't get hurt as much as the running backs But get you hurt. still got to start running backs. Oh, yeah, you got to start them. What I'm saying is it, it's all about your risk tolerance. Do you want to take a position that's so fragile where these guys get hurt? I mean, Derrick Henry's actually been hurt the last two years, right? Mm -hmm. If not three. So if you want to take but a guy But you say that he, he's only, he only missed, I think, one game last week, last year. No, he missed multiple. No, I think he only missed one or two no, games last year. No, he missed multiple because Dontrell Hillier was, 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 uh, was starting. Um... But but again, it's all about again. It's just risk tolerance. If you if you believe Derrick Henry is gonna last the season, then yeah, it's probably the better pick. But if you believe Derrick Henry is slowly breaking down, again, is not gonna play the full uh, slate of games, then yeah, he could be great week one to week ten. But week one and week ten doesn't matter. When week the one to week start. ten gets you to the playoffs. And if but I got Tajay Spears and Tajay Spears ends there, up being his backup, but if you're then there, it does matter. But if you're there and you. You don't have him. Tajay Spears, is, you can't guarantee Tajay Spears is going to be Derrick Henry I can't guarantee that Devontae Smith is not going to score 10 points in the playoffs. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is... So there's a lot, there's a, there's well, a lot of play I'm, there. I'm, like, no, you what I'm saying you know, is Derrick Henry, the replacement for Derrick Henry, you can't guarantee is going to score the same way Derrick Henry is going to score. But I can guarantee that if Derrick Henry stays healthy, I mean, you, know, you can't guarantee anything, but I think most people will project if Derrick Henry stays healthy and Devontae Smith stays healthy, Derrick Henry's going to outscore but Devontae Smith. that's the big Smith. if. The, the if is, will Derrick Henry stay Henry? And but a big if is that Devontae Smith is going to somehow start scoring 280-plus fantasy points. No, no, no. no. You're, you're, you're looking at it wrong. Again, I'm not it's, looking a, it's, at a, it wrong. it's risk tolerant. It's, <laughs> I'm not looking at it wrong. No, you are because you keep you – keep, It's all risk tolerant. No, no, no. The point I'm making is – when you draft Derrick Henry that high, you're hoping that he's going to last the I'm season. I'm not. I, I, I don't do, hope that. If he doesn't last, then it's, honestly, it's honestly not going to be a valuable pick because when you actually need him yeah. the most, he's not going to be I able disagree. to produce anything I disagree. For you. I absolutely disagree. Because I think for you to try to plan out your entire season. Look at season, all the Derrick Henry teams last year. I, I feel, for you to try to plan out your entire team over a 16, 17-week course, I think, is like But isn't that is what people fallacy. do when they when they draft players? When no, they, when, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm drafting Derrick Henry. Wait, no, wait. That's when absolutely people not. draft talking about, well, look at their week 17 matchup. Look at their week 16. They're literally drafting because they're assuming these players are going to play during did we hear, the did, did tournament Derrick play in week 17 last year? Last week? Wide receivers get help. Did, did Cooper Cup play in Week 17 last week? Nope. No. Okay. So like you can't. You but, don't, we but, don't but know. That's, but that's a different <laughs> argument. When you compare we don't running know. backs to receivers, running backs have a higher chance of getting injured compared to receivers. So then, if you feel comfortable about the, you know, if I'm right that Tajay Spears is the backup, and if I'm right that he can produce 70 to 80 percent of Derrick Henry. And I can get Tajay Spears in double-digit rounds. That's a gamble for a guy that's never even had a snap in the Hey, that's NFL. a gamble. That's a gamble I'm worth taking. That's like saying... Ha that's that's like, a gamble like, I'm worth like taking. That's like if you were to assume last year, ha Hassan Haskins... I wasn't a Hassan Haskins fan it, last it's year. It's not about whether you're a fan. What I'm saying it is... It is about it whether you're a fan. Like, you, this is where, no, this is where it comes down. It comes down to, like, if you, if you are saying. correct, if I'm a correct, listen, listen when it comes saying. to Tajay Spears, then it works out. Listen to what I'm saying. It's the assumption that the backup running back... It's not an assumption. It's not an assumption. For you, it's an assumption because you may not be that confident in it. For it's me, not, it's not no, an assumption. No, what I'm saying is the, whoever the, the guy that's replacing Henry, whoever you want to name it as, okay. whether it's Spears, Haskins, Hillier, what I'm saying is if you, you, you can't assume that that guy, if they replace Henry, is going to give you that type of production where it's going to be But you can't useful. assume. You can't assume. If you feel like it's not that comfortable, you can't assume. This is the same issue that we had with 
uh, Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook back in the in, in the past, mm. where I would take mm. I would take Dalvin Cook and I would say oh, I would just handcuff him with Madison, and you would say Madison's not that good and he couldn't do this and that. And in that situation, when I plug Madison no, 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 in, when said, no, 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 okay, you're, you're, you're having a different argument because I never said anything about somebody being good. It's not about a good or but, a bad thing. It, okay, but if yeah, I assume no, no, that Derrick Madison, listen, listen, what I'm saying, when somebody, Madison when, when somebody drafts position, a receiver that high compared to a running back. They're basically saying they believe this receiver will last on their team longer and still be able to produce even into those money rounds. And they're, they're, they have this concern that these running backs likely are not going to be available for them at that time period. And if you have that concern, especially if you've been burnt in the past, then you're most likely to say, let me go with the receiver that I feel more confident in compared to this running back that might be and, great for me for those first seven, and eight my, weeks. Yeah. But then after that, if he's not there for me, then what, what's the point? And my issue with that, so this is the thing. My issue with that, so when I draft right now, we've already had this discussion. These wide receiver ones in the first round, I'm taking them over all the running backs because I know – that they have it in them to produce 300-plus fantasy points. Okay. But then when I see a major drop-off, I'm not just going to say, okay, I'm just going to completely ignore the running back position and just take the next best wide receiver. Yeah. But again, no, for me, it's a tiered approach. But that goes so back once to my, what once my, once, once my wide receiver ones in that top one or two tier have gone off the board, now I'm going to pivot to a running back that I feel again, can give me 300-plus fantasy points. The very first thing I said, if I'm going to take Devontae Smith in the second round – I am making the assumption that Devontae Smith is going to end up surpassing A.J. Brown. And, and when, and if if I, when does that happen? Wait, when wait, does it happen? wait, wait. If I am making the assumption that Devontae Smith is going to pass up A.J. Brown, then that is a good value there because you're taking A.J. Brown in the back end of the first, early second. If Devontae Smith has better production than that, then that's a, a worth a pick. And again, it's all about a person's preference. You're trying to make it as black and white. It's not black and white. Everybody drafts differently. Some people are going to value the running back. Some people are going to value the receiver. Some people are going to have risk tolerance. Some people are not going to have no risk tolerance at all. But so we're not talking about, about how you decide We're to talking about you. So you said that if if you feel like Devontae Smith will outscore That's A.J. Brown. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. No, no, okay, no, no. Let me say what I said again. But let me, let let me, me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Let me say what I said again so you know. If I'm drafting Devontae Smith in the second, if I am, okay. the reason I'm drafting him in the second is because I'm telling myself he is most likely going to surpass A.J. Brown as the main receiver there. And in what scenario does that happen? If he just has a better season or if A.J. Brown gets hurt. So, so A.J. Brown can get hurt. So we're, just ta we're talking now about AJ a Brown, wide receiver I never getting said, hurt. I never said A.J. Brown can't get hurt. Okay, so but that. so then if you're if you're drafting Devontae Smith with the saying, idea that like AJ Brown may get hurt and that's how no, no, that's his avenue AJ, to getting no, no, a wide receiver one. You are yeah, drafting Devontae. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're conflicting your argument about running backs. Listen, here's the thing: you're saying that you're drafting Devontae Smith over Derrick Henry because the position isn't as volatile. But you're saying that you're only drafting him with the idea that the non-volatile position no, 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 no. is going to produce let me, let me say it yeah. again because y'all are not listening to me at all. I, mean, I say if. Again, I keep saying if. Yeah. If I decide to draft. First of all, I never said I'm drafting Devontae Smith in a second. I never yeah. said Man, that. we can throw out hyperbole no, 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 and but, but, like, but that's the know, question. ifs and, no, 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 and potentials question, all, all day long. But the initial question was, can Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown be worth the the picks and those top those top two rounds or they can can they still produce top twelve and what I'm saying is if me if I'm in a draft and I see Devontae Smith in that second round mm -hmm. and I'm saying okay should I draft Devontae Smith 
if I do decide to draft him, the only reason I'm drafting him is because I'm telling myself there's a chance or, or I'm basically hoping that that year he can surpass A.J. Brown. That's the only reason. And I how does want. that happen? There's plenty of ways that can, he can outperform. He can so have do a you, better season. I'm asking you specifically. Okay. Do you feel like Devontae Smith can outperform A.J. Brown? No. Okay, then what are we like, what are we, saying, what are we arguing? Because, because I keep saying, if I am, you're not, you're not listening to what I'm saying. If I, I decide, don't know too many people that think that Devontae Smith is going to outperform A.J. Brown the and both that, stay the healthy. The people that are drafting him in the second, I haven't drafted I don't think they, I don't think they, I don't think they think that. I don't think any, I don't, I don't think, I think 95% plus people saying, who are saying. drafting Devontae Smith in the second round do not feel that Devontae Smith is going to outperform A.J. Brown and both stay but healthy. Listen to what I'm saying. If I, if I draft him, I get, I haven't drafted him. So what I'm saying has not even come to fruition yet. But for the team I do draft, if I do get Devontae Smith in a second, mm -hmm. what I'm basically telling myself is I'm taking him because I have to bet or I have to gamble because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. We literally don't know anything. We well, can, we have we can to make, make assumptions. assumptions. We have we can, to make assumptions. We can make assumptions, but we don't know. Okay, so, but when you draft can, Devontae can Smith, my you're making an can assumption. Can I finish my statement? Okay, but you're making if an assumption. I, let him finish. Let him finish. If I draft Devontae Smith in a second, I'm basically mm -hmm. telling myself this team right here, the way this team will be successful is because Devontae Smith is going to outperform A.J. Brown. That's the narrative I'm making for this team. Mm -hmm. Not every team I build, I have the same narrative. Right. That's an it's, assumption, though. It's just that though. simple. That's an assumption, though. You have to no. make an assumption every okay, team you so build. You, okay, so if you were, if you were volume drafting, I'm assuming that you were not volume drafting thinking to yourself, because you just said it, that Devontae Smith is going to outperform A.J. Brown for whatever reason. If I took Devontae Smith in the second idea, I'm thinking that. But I'm saying as a volume drafter, the majority of your draft is not going to be that. It depends. I mean, because right. th then it talks about the philosophy of volume draft. If I'm going to volume draft, do I want to draft the same team over and over and over and over and over? No, because, we are talking about you do that. that. You're, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. If, as a volume drafter, you want to basically take different scenarios into, into account. You want, you want to say, okay, this team will be great. This AJ so Brown team again, let me ask you this. If both stay healthy, who outscores who? I don't know. I can make my so guess you don't right know. now. So you don't I know. Can, but look, I can make my guess right now. And obviously my guess is going to be AJ Brown. That's why okay. AJ Brown has okay. a higher that's, ADP. That's literally, that's but literally, listen to okay. what I'm saying. There's, not, there's a not zero chance that Devontae Smith can outscore AJ Brown. There, there's a non-zero chance for that. And if that does happen, the guy that are taking Devontae Smith right now in the second are going to have a, probably a better season than the guy that are taking A.J. Brown in the first or second. I mean, there's a non-zero chance that Puka could outscore Cooper Cup. Yes. I, so I, I'm not taking Cooper Cup like anywhere near... Uh, I never, I never, we're not talking about where you're drafting. I never said draft. I never said draft. We are Devontae talking about draft. No, I'm not. Talking, I never his said, ADP no, no, currently no, no, is in the second let me, round. Let me get my point across. I never said draft Devontae over AJ Brown, regardless of what you think. I never said. I never said where you're drafting. What I'm saying is, if I draft him, I'm telling myself a story on that team. And the story I'm telling for my, myself for that team is AJ. I'm sorry, Devontae Smith has such a great season. He actually had a better season than AJ Brown. If I'm going to draft him on that team, which is why. To, to make this full circle, there's no way in hell I'm going to draft a team with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Because mm -hmm. I'm basically, basically saying there's no way I see both of them flourishing. Right, For me, right. it's one or the other. That's but the likely the question, one is A.J. Brown. <laughs> huh? The likely one for you is A.J. Brown. Yeah, but likely doesn't, it doesn't solidify nothing to me. I, 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 I draft with the, with the notion that Anything can happen. You can you don't you don't you you don't draft with the notion that anything can happen because you I still do draft, draft with the notion. You, even with happen. each team that you draft, you still have to make an assumption. Just like you made the assumption that 
Devontae Smith is going to outscore A.J. Brown. You have to make assumptions. I didn't, I didn't make that assumption. Nobody is just randomly picking players and throwing darts. I didn't say you randomly picking. What I'm saying is you have to tell yourself narratives. There's a chance a that narrative. Devontae Smith can outscore A.J. Brown. Yes, by making an assumption. No, that is no, assuming. No, 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 your narrative is assuming. If I say there's a chance, that's not making an assumption. That's basically saying there's a chance. There's a chance Devontae You're Smith. You're assuming there's a chance. All right, guys, we're beating a dead horse <laughs> with this. I'm one. not. All right. Come on, right. man. All right, guys, so let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers for a second. I feel like we can have that same discussion that we had on the last segment about Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown and actually have that same conversation with Deontay and George Pickens. How do you guys see that receiver room? And then also, let's talk about Najee. He's going – I thought that in my draft he went in the back end of the second. looks like normally he's going in the third round. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers he for a second. He went in 212 in your draft, so I'll let you know everything. Right, right, Somebody right. Somebody just reached yeah. on him. Yeah, so, like, how do you feel about that receiver room? Yeah, I feel like, you know um, – the Steelers, for me, are a hard team to evaluate. Mm -hmm. uh, and because they have some young players, so you just anticipate that these young players, Kenny Pickett in particular, even Najee Harris coming off the, uh, the uh, uh, injury he had last year, George Pickens coming in the second year, you, you anticipate that these guys are just going to improve this year. Yeah. But yeah. I always go back to their head coach and their OC, really, Matt Canada, who mm -hmm. nobody really likes because uh, <laughs> of how he's been calling <laughs> plays. But to me, their head coach is somebody who wants just like to win. Mm -hmm. in difficult ways. He wants to win with defense, and he wants to run the ball and control the game, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and I think he has a very significant impact on the game flow. So with that respect, they've really beefed up the O-line. Najee's mm -hmm. healthier this year. They seem to like Jalen Warren, and I think he's going to have a role this year. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that this, like, passing game is really going to take this huge uh, leap. Mm -hmm. And then even with Najee, like, when I started drafting in, like, May, like, there were drafts where I was getting Najee in the fourth round. Oh, wow. So that was great. And obviously, yeah. you know, my perspective on it is going to change now that he's going in the third and you know, in your draft 212. Mm -hmm. But in the third, I mean, like, it, it really just kind of depends on who's going around him. But I think I would probably lean, you know what, let me get one of these, like, top-tier quarterbacks hmm. over him or take a gamble on someone like a Gibbs because – I just feel like Najee's upside is capped with Jalen Warren there. I did not like how they hmm. used Jalen Warren last year on third down and the hurry up. And if Najee's not going to be in there in the majority of those situations, and we know he's not really this explosive back. Yeah. And it's yeah. to me at least right now, not this just high powered offense. Mm -hmm. To me, that really limits his upside. And I don't see him as this guy that's just going to like, I'm going like, you know, where I can expect these like spike weeks, you know? Yeah. If he stays healthy, yeah, he may get there at the end of the year. He'll have a thousand plus yards, you know, a couple hundred receiving, maybe seven to eight touchdowns. But if you had Najee on your team last year, he had a thousand yards last year. Yeah. How did that feel having him on your team last year? Yeah. yeah. It didn't feel that good. Mm -hmm. Like if you could have, if you could have made a trade in a one quarterback league, just your home league, Patrick Mahomes for Najee Harris last year. Yeah. Would you have done that? Of course. So that's kind of like, I mean, honestly, that, like that's how I like approach it. Like I try to like go back to like last year and get a good feel of how did I feel on a week to week basis when these guys were on my team mm -hmm. and it didn't feel that good. Yeah. And then when you get to Deontay and Pickens, like same thing with Deontay. If you rostered Deontay last year, it did not feel good. Right. Yeah. So you're going to have to tell yourself a story that like this is this team is going to like really, you know, sort of kind of uh, uh, improve 
in pass passing efficiency, mm-hmm. maybe in rate per play, uh, or maybe like just in pass volume. And I, that to me is just like that's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't score any touchdowns, and if he would have scored X amount of touchdowns, he would have done this. Yeah, he had a lot of targets and this and that. But I mean, I don't know. I just like just this offense. I just don't really like. And then you bring in Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. and y'all know I'm not an Allen Robinson right, guy. Right. But still, you bring him in. Uh, Calvin Austin's healthier this year. You still got Pat Fryermuth. You know they, you know they drafted Washington, the other tight end. That's potentially another red zone threat. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, sixth round for me, like where Deontay's going in FFPC currently. Like, there's a lot of other guys that I would rather just take gambles on over him. Yeah. So really, the only guy that I'm, you know, maybe like really going after is mm-hmm. maybe Jalen Warren. And even then, like, because I'm not necessarily sure he's like a true like. Okay, he's gonna get like eighty to ninety percent of mm-hmm. you know the touches, or sorry, eighty ninety percent of what uh, Najee got. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I kind of look for him. I will say this. Last thing. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. Last thing. The one thing that may be their saving grace or where they may hit mm-hmm. is because of the division that they're in. We're seeing mm-hmm. this division now has transitioned to like now you got, you know, obviously you got Cincy. Mm-hmm. And really Cincy's like strength is the passing game. Yeah. Okay. So like that, like to me, like increases potential scoring and, and opportunities throughout a game. Plays so and whatnot. A game str- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got – Baltimore, mm-hmm. okay, they brought in a new OC, obviously, mm-hmm. and they're talking about increasing, you know, you know, uh, having a quicker pace of play, play you know, spreading out a little mm-hmm. bit more, more three wide receiver sets. Obviously, they brought in Odell. They drafted Zay Flowers. They got, you know, Bateman coming back, and they still have Mark Andrews, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lamar's talking about just passing a lot more. So that's also something they have to contain with. And you got Cleveland, who mm-hmm. a lot of people are picking as like the offense that will take that next step. And they're doing the same thing. Yeah. You're hearing yeah. the same thing. So the division that they play in may be like their one saving grace where they have to like, they're going to be forced to throw in games. Like mm-hmm. it may, like it may be that they want to run, yeah. but it may be that like, look, like you're forced to throw, right. you know, right, what right. you want to do versus what you're forced to do are two different things. So, but yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm on them. I don't know. All right. So tell me what's your perspective on this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Are you seeing any fantasy value Based on Deontay Johnson, what going at sixth round, I believe. Did you say sixth round? Yeah, he's going around sixth six. round. Yeah. Pickens going in the seventh. Do you Coming see any me? value? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very high on Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm very I, I I want as much Deontay Johnson as possible because I think um, I think it's going to be a regression thing. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you kind of and you just have the stats up, but he had 147 targets last year. Yeah, you know yeah. that's that's crazy. You yeah. know. If if I knew a player was getting that many targets and zero touchdowns, mm-hmm. I mean that that in itself is insane. You know, yeah. just 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 looking at regret positive regression at this point, I would expect at least with 147 targets, at least four touchdowns. You right, know? Yeah. and that's probably the bare minimum to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that they did go into the offseason being very aware of, mm-hmm. um, and most likely trying to correct that this year. Yeah. Now. They did bring in Allen Roberts, who I actually like this year. You know, they've mm-hmm. talked up how they want to use him. He's going to probably play the slot. Mm-hmm. He's most likely going to not going to be somebody they expect much of to carry the load. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think he still has talent. Of course, he doesn't have separation. But if he can just be a good safety blanket for Kenny Pickett, I do know they've been working together quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you still got Deontay on the outside. He can just get open anytime he wants. Yeah. Um, I think it might hurt Pickens a little bit, though. Mm. I think it might hurt Pickens a little bit. Um but yeah, I, I I love Deontay Johnson. Um, now Najee, the running back Jalen Warren, I don't know what to expect there. Yeah, I don't know what to expect there because 
I still am concerned that Jalen Warren might eat more and more into Najee's, mm. you know, role. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked because we heard it last year. I wouldn't be shocked if they decide Warren is the better option. You know, I don't expect it. Hold on, he wait, wait, wait. wait. So like, are you saying like he just takes that job? If not takes the job, maybe it'd be kind of like a Pollard Zeke thing from last year. Hmm. You know how Zeke was always the nominal right. starter, right. but Pollard was the more valuable fantasy yeah. you know, option and actually with the more the bigger threat last year. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be due to injury or just, you know, a reduction of, of play, but I, I don't think they're gonna be able to keep Warren off the field wow. the way people expect. And maybe that makes me increase Jalen Warren's fantasy value as far as ADP. Maybe I mm-hmm. should be drafting Jalen Warren a lot higher. Um, but I'm just making an assumption right now, you yeah. know. Um, but the only when I look at the Steelers, I'm so high on Deontay Johnson right now. Like he's the guy I'm targeting. I feel oh, like wow. going extremely too late. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, if, like I said, 147 targets. The next highest person was over 60 targets less. Yeah, you know that's 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 significant. That's an immense. How did he target have share. only 882 yards yeah, on 147 target targets? And, and, and that's a yeah. good question Abby's asking. How <laughs> yeah. did he have that? Yeah. But then we could, we could try to figure out and say, okay, maybe Kenny Pickett just wasn't ready. Yeah. Maybe Kenny Pickett was still trying to figure that out of offense. Maybe Kenny Pickett and, and Deontay just didn't have that chemistry right. Mm-hmm. And, again, I feel like they went into the offseason knowing that's the case. Mm-hmm. Deontay's still young. You know, and he, this is – I think this is contract year because I think maybe he signed a two-year contract mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he he knows he has to do something to be able to get that next deal. Yeah. You know, um, so I want that. You know, I want. That. And at the end of the day, just having those targets gives you that floor. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about a guy drafted. What round is he drafting this ADP right now? What? That's the sixth round. Sixth round. So, but his floor was pretty low last year, though. His floor was like floor. Yeah. I like, don't want to say it was low. It just it, it was a, it was a bunch of single-digit weeks. Was it a bunch of single Yes, weeks? it was not good. I mean, if you rostered Deontay Johnson last year, I didn't have – I don't think I had – But, again, that's – but we're also looking at a guy that scores zero touchdowns. Like – I know, but so – okay, so he goes from zero to what, four? I, 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 if, I, if I heard a player had 147 targets, I would think four would be his, his, his floor. Yeah, now, obviously, we saw it didn't happen. Over there. Obviously, we saw it didn't happen, but – if I would just make, if you were to ask me this before last season, I would say he has to at least score four, like yeah. at the minimum four touchdowns. Um, and, and, and who's to say he doesn't actually have a good season? Who's to say he doesn't actually have like eight to ten touchdowns? Yeah, you just, know, and if you give him eight to ten touchdowns with that same exact pro- production as far as 12, last year, 13, 16, 4, 11, 8, yeah. 9, 8, 10, Yeah, it wasn't 6, great. I mean, 9, he had some 11, fours 14. in there. But um, like when you get when you get there. like three or four single digit weeks or like a ten and eleven, you not start that. You yeah. not you not starting you this guy. Him. So you probably so by the time he gets you a twenty point week in week fifteen, of course. You, but but do this. Throw four or five touchdowns just in that in that total. Four or five guessing. touchdowns. You still so guessing? Four, four or five touchdowns was that four four times six. That's already what twenty points. Yeah. You so, still guessing? So just add twenty points just to those points, and that gives you a fair floor. And again, I'm talking about more of his floor. I think he's gonna actually produce yeah. even six more than round, that. Six mm-hmm. round. I need. I need. I need. I need upside. Six round. I mean, he, this just might have been an off year. Rookie quarterback. Did they even start Kenny Pickett to start the season? Or was it? Uh, no, it was Mitch no, Trubisky, no. right? Mitch, yeah. So he wasn't even the guy. And I think when when they switched to Pickett, they he's didn't the they didn't really have that rapport with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like awesome. I think he he had better rapport with Trubisky than he did with yeah. with Pickett. Yeah. Um, so again, I. I Offensive line I like play to, will help. I look. I like mm-hmm. to look at those plays where I've seen him do it before. Yeah. 
and I've seen Deontay do it before. Yeah. And now I see him as having a discount. It's almost the same way I see like a Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Like I've seen them yeah. do t that type of production before. And right now, we, you you can hope that last year was a one-off. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if it wasn't one-off, then you know it's a value. Yeah. This if is this one, is a trend, yeah. then okay, now you know you're yeah. you're in trouble a little bit. Normally, my gut feel like pretty much aligns with analytics and, and kind of that thought process. This is one where like my gut feel is telling me like. I understand the targets. I understand the regression in TDs, and I just still don't want it. Like, okay, so let's look at the targets. Okay, so real quick, look at the targets. I want nothing to look, do with. Look how many double-digit target games he had. I know, I know, I know. If he just if he just converts those, I'm trying to be with yeah. you, and then just add some touchdowns with it. Yeah. yeah. In the sixth round, I hear you. There's not many players in that round that you can take that mm. will give you that type of production. That's true. And, and yeah. I would say this is probably his worst season. I don't want to. I'm not going to just confirm this, but I would say this is probably going to be one of his worst seasons of his career. So you like, mm. would you take him or Cam Akers? Okay, so again, that's positional value. I don't. It, it depends how I'm building my team. Do I need a running back at that time or a receiver? But if you were to ask me to back, back you're probably Deontay Johnson. Probably Deontay. Okay. Probably Deontay, yeah. Michael Pittman or Deontay? Deontay. Deontay. Mike Williams or Deontay? I like Mike Williams. I think he's going too late too. Brandon Ayuk. Or Mike or uh, Deontay, probably Deontay. Oh, Deontay on that one. That's easy. Probably Deontay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Brandon. How you going that one? Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, you know, he's he. Like I said, he's fairly priced. I just feel like you know, I mean, like, I don't think he's priced wise, at his ceiling. Yeah, I think he's kind of priced more of his floor. He is kind of priced. If, at his if he's priced, if he's priced sense, low, yeah. then when you take him, if he doesn't. If he, if he has the same kind of production as he has last year, then you're just getting whatever value you draft him at. Okay, but, if he, me, but if he's actually able to convert those things and do well, then he's actually going to be let me ask you a this. good value at that point. If you draft him in the sixth round, is he a lock to start for you week one? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. See, not for me. No. He's a lock to start for me. Like, he probably wouldn't start. <laughs> That's how I know, like, I'm not high on a guy. Right. You draft him, like, you draft him in the top six, I mean, seven rounds. If you and, draft and somebody, not starting, anybody yeah. you draft in the sixth round has to start for you week one. Not necessarily. Because think should. about it. Think about think about the draft. You're, you're you're talking about two running backs, two receivers, and two flexes. Those are six six picks in itself. Yeah. But so so why would you draft a guy in the sixth round and have him on your bench to to start the season? DeAndre, That's a waste of pick. Well, De some 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 of these some of these situations are questionable. Like you, like going back to your other point about like sometimes we don't know. Like the Deion, like the Philadelphia Eagles backfield is one. DeAndre Swift is going after. If Deontay I draft DeAndre Swift in the six, I'm starting him week one. I'm unless not, I hear something that's not. Now, unless unless if I, what, what if I come back like in the earlier drafts, I was able to get James Conner in. I have James Conner a lot in, in rounds eight. James Conner is likely going to be starting for me week one. Over a lot of guys I took in the top six or seventh round. Then why'd you take him in the six? I took James Conner in the eighth. Know what I'm saying? You just because said, of upside. I don't see this like. So upside who, for DeAndre so Swift who, who is that he's the six, number one running who back. Who in the, the sixth round has upside, but you don't feel comfortable starting a week one, and you would start over it's James Conner? Okay, so yeah, James Conner is a good benchmark. So like... Like a guy that you were like, I'm going to take this guy in the six because I see the upside, but I, I'm i so, not going to feel comfortable starting a week one. And, and then the question I'm going to ask you, when do you feel it. like starting him? Let's phrase it this way. Okay. I feel more comfortable in starting James Conner over these players going in the sixth round. Okay. I'll name him right now. Week one, because I already know who's playing. Christian Kirk, mm -hmm. Deontay Johnson, mm -hmm. Mike Williams, mm -hmm. DeAndre Swift, mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's happening with uh, Dalvin Cook. 
I'd probably start Rashad White, but that's a close one. We'll see what happens in that situation. Okay. I'd start him over David Montgomery, although that's a free preview game. Definitely over Mike Pittman and over Traylon Burks. You pretty much said the whole round. Pretty so much. Who, so yeah. who are you drafting that sixth round then? Because, because, in the sixth I, round, I guess I'm the usually, question. Yeah, the in qu- the sixth round, I'm usually going after before. Uh, so probably right now, I'd probably still go after Madison. I am grabbing Cook. Because right now, I think his value is Would you draft Madison and... I I'm mean, definitely would you, taking White. Would you play Madison and Cook and White over Connor? Madison, Cook, and White over Connor? Likely, but it depends. Okay. White, so I don't know. So, White, I don't know. So you're not answering my White, question. White, I don't okay, know. Here's my question. Who will you draft in the six? Like, you're drafting this guy in the six, but week one, you're not going to start him. You're, I just you're listed him. I didn't mention Alexander or Madison. I didn't mention Cook. I so told you what, what I'm asking, you would draft those guys in the six? Yes. Because so, those guys have unknown upside. I'm going with your logic that, like, I don't know what's happening in Philadelphia. But I do know that there's a situation where DeAndre Swift just kind of takes over the majority of that backfield. I guess, I guess that's what we do. All-star type, all-star type if, year. If, if, so if I can, like, draft a guy like Connor in the later rounds and I feel comfortable because people don't like Connor – because they think he's going to get hurt, he's on a bad team, et cetera, et cetera. But the first couple of weeks, or week one, you know, assuming he makes it through the offseason, he's going to be healthy. And, again, that's where we differ. Any guy I'm drafting in round six, I'm going to start over a guy drafted mm-hmm. in round eight. Like, there, yeah. there's, there's no question. I don't yeah. – I'm not taking a upside, somebody's going to help me down the line type player in my sixth round. Well, if, mm-hmm. I, if I know Connor's ADP is in the eighth round and I don't have to reach for him in the sixth, seventh round – I'd rather just try to build a strong team and try to get a guy at his ADP, even if I know he's a value at his ADP. Because he's a value at his ADP, that's why I'm taking him at his ADP, as opposed to trying to say, okay, I think Connor's a better play than, you know, than uh, uh, you know, a player that's currently going in the sixth round. I'd rather just get him at his ADP. That way I can try to stack my team. I got Marquise, you. Brain is, Mar- Marquise Brown is a, is, a, is a similar player. I mean, I got you. I'm oh, yeah. just saying for me, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see how you can say I'm a drafted. Like, I'm going to feel good drafting this guy, but I know I'm not going to start in week one. Like, just, know, another, just that, an that extreme example, in itself is odd to me. An extreme example of this is, because again, you got you to gotta approach, you, you said it yourself. You have to approach it like you don't know what's going to happen in but, certain but, 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 so but what I'm saying is I'm not going to draft a guy, though, in the six. Like, whether, whether I feel like I don't know or not, if I'm drafting you in the six, I'm starting you week one. Oh, yeah, I don't agree with like, that. Like, you're, you're in my I lineup. Don't, I, don't, I don't care who you are. Your ass again, can be on the again, bench. Of course, you can find your ass on the course, bench if I don't like you. Of course, yeah. I, I preface that by saying if news comes between now and the start of the season, like say we hear – Penny is getting a starter reps. Right. And I already yeah. drafted Swift. Of course I'm not going to draft. Nah. You know, if I, but. If, I mean, early again, early drafts, I was getting James Conner in the eighth round. Okay? I, I, am, I guarantee, I guarantee, I will bet money that your favorite analyst, your favorite projector, okay, your favorite fantasy football go-to who does rankings, I guarantee Stop right now, I rankings. guarantee right now, they will have James Conner ranked in their top 12. I guarantee it. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. So all this like nonsense, I don't like. It. So if I can get him in later rounds after I built out my like projected season long starters, and I know I can start him for the first couple of weeks, like that week one, people forget like how much we just okay, like so, really so, don't know. So, so I want knowns okay, in that week so, one. I'm so not gonna give up a week one so, loss. Like, okay, so let's because he can it. score let's twenty plus it because points. you're 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 speaking more from a James Conner POV. And I'm speaking more from a guy you're drafting. No, no, sick. I'm not speaking. No, I'm this, not speaking, wait, wait, wait. It, that's let me, important, let me, let me, let me, That's let me, important. Let me, let me state what I'm trying to say. 
Okay, let's take Jace Conner totally out the equation. You can't, wait, you can't wait, do that. Let me say what you I'm can't saying. You can't do that, though. If you're in the sixth round, because you don't know whether you're going to get James Conner in the eighth when you're in the sixth. When you're in the sixth round, you don't know what's going to happen in the eighth. You can, you can target James Conner, but that doesn't mean you're going to get him. Yeah. So, if you're in the sixth round, are you really going to draft the guy that you feel like there's a chance you're not going to start him with the risk of not being able to get James Conner or any other player? Like, is yes. there a guy you're yes. drafting the sixth yes. saying, this yes. guy is going to be on yes. my bench week yes. one? You know why? Yes, because there's multiple guys like that that I feel comfortable starting week one over some of those guys going in, 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 in round six where I'm just not sure – what their role is. So, okay, what the okay. Is so if that's I the can case, list, I can list so like wait, two or three right so now. So if that's the case, why not draft one of those guys around six and then another one of those guys in the next round? Why not mean, get two of them? What do you mean two of them? You just said there's multiple guys you would start over the guys in round six. Yeah. So why draft any of the guys I'm in round six? I'm talking about week one. That's what I'm saying. I'm drafting the guys in week one be, or in round six because those guys in round six have higher upsides over the course so of you the season. So you feel like they're going to be useful down the line? Yes. A round six guy? Yes. Okay. And All right, guys. Potentially. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Guys, we've gone way, way over at this point. This is our episode Eat this it. week. I'm ready to go. Let's go round two. Overtime. Let's go. Overtime. <laughs> guys, thanks for tuning in. Please like, rate, subscribe. We're out.